Hi, this is Apostle Guillermo Maldonado. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that this message empowers you in your walk with God and in your purpose. Enjoy. What I'm going to share with you this morning is very simple and concise. And so, if I was to put a theme to this, it would simply be these three words. God purpose, and crisis. Say it with me. God, purpose, and crisis. Say it again. Now, we don't serve a God of crisis. We serve a God of purpose. Hear it again. I'm going to say it to you again. We do not serve a God of crisis. We serve a God of purpose. The next point, because this is important. No matter what situation we face, the power of a thing is tied to its origin. And we've got to understand what is of God versus what is from God versus what God permits. God permits crisis. He's not the author of crisis. He's the author of purpose. And so when people do not know purpose, they're consumed by crisis. We are in a time right now that is not new in the mind of God. It's new to man and it's new to this generation, but this is not new to God. Let me give you an example of time as we know it, how time as we know it is changing. Years ago, I remember when we had the cassette. Remember the cassette player? And you have a 60-minute or a 90-minute cassette thing. If you notice, if you look at that, giving you a simple illustration, because it's complete, you can forward it in time. My God, I gotta be so I gotta hold it. You can forward it in time. You can go to the middle of it because it's something that's already happened. Okay, in time, where we are right now, this hasn't happened. So this right now, the situation the world is in, this is how you measure when something is part of God's plan or something that God allows is because it is global. And so we have to understand that anything global will affect us. But if we know the purpose, we won't lose faith, we will have faith. So this morning, I want you to really follow me. Just keep those words in your mind this morning. God, purpose, and crisis. First of all, I want you to read this scripture with me. In fact, let me, yeah, let's do this. Go with me quickly, please. I'm going to read you about two scriptures, and then I'm going to read you several more. The reason why I said that to begin with is because, number one, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says something very powerful. It says, for God is not the God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So there is no confusion. Say the word confusion. If you know God and you know his word, there is no confusion. When you know God, you don't blame God. 
We're living in a time right now where a lot of people are struggling because what you really know is tested by fire and trials. And so until something is tested, you don't know the value of it. So keep it in your mind now. We, this is the key I want you to hit right now because all what I'm giving you for the first 10 minutes is the prerequisite to what I want to preach. We have to understand, we cannot think like the world. We cannot adopt their thinking because we are not like the world. So we're going to have to see things from God's perspective. Keep it in your mind now. Now, because I'm a global person and I've traveled so much, I pretty much speak from a global perspective. So I'm going to speak from the global perspective and then I'm going to make it extremely, you know, personal and local. So I'm going to read a well-known story to you. Um, and if you're a preacher, one of the things I'm going to exalt you to do is this. If you're a young preacher, always remember this. Do not just preach the principles of the Bible. You say, why? Even sinners practice the principles. But they don't follow the man. So the secret of it is, know the story of the Bible. Know the stories. Because the principles are from the stories. If I just give you the principle, it's going to sound good, but let's see it in real life. Put it to a person. Okay. So I want to read you the story, and I want you to follow me, and I want you at home, please follow me line upon line. Sorry, um, Luke 8, Luke 8, 22 to 25. Okay. Well-known story. Now it came to pass on a certain day. I want you to pause right there. I want you to notice the day is at name. The day is at name. Because anything can happen at any given moment. Your day is not my day. There's a certain day in everybody's life. There is a day of trouble appointed to every man. So keep it in your mind. And it came to pass on a certain day that he went out into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Say the word with me, jeopardy. Say it again. Say it again. Okay. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the ragings of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, where, where, where is your faith? Where is it? Is it lost? Where is your faith? This is where we're at right now with the church. This is where we are right now in the world. Where is your faith? Now, it can be anywhere, but, you, but until you know where it is, you can't find it, you can't use it. Where is your faith? Where is it? Faith is so powerful. Faith is the substance of the supernatural. And Jesus said to them, where is your faith? Now, without even reading the rest of the story, because I want to I read you a lot of other scriptures, I want you to hear me clearly. Isn't it prophetic? They were in a boat. Jesus was sleeping. And yet in 
His presence, the moral of the story. Now, we emphasize the winds. Because in life, we're consumed by what we see. And the funny thing is, and to me it's very interesting, process this with me. They were in crisis, they were in jeopardy, but they were in his presence. Now, that's the key. Everything else is panache. Everything else is good. But the most common thing that you see from Genesis to Revelations is this one promise of God. I will never, never leave you. I will never forsake you. Everything else is panache. Everything else sounds good. The bottom line of it is, he said, I will never leave you. The question is, are you in his presence? They were in his presence. Now, pause this now. They were in his presence, and yet even though they were in his presence, he had to say, where is your faith? Question, and I don't want to be, because I've got to keep it concise for you. Is it possible to be in his presence? You didn't hear me. I said, is it possible to be in his presence and not have faith? Clearly, it is. Because when we're more consumed with what's around us rather than his presence, we lose faith. Oh my God. I'm going to make you laugh. That alone was worth you coming. You watching me at home. This is the key right now. When you take your eyes off Christ, or when you become careless in your faith, you begin to deal with things in your own strength. And when you start to do that, you're going to find out that you come into crisis. My question is very clear. You love God, you believe God, but even in his presence, Jesus will still say, where is your faith? What God wants to do for you is going to largely be tied to number one, you acknowledging him in your crisis. If you don't acknowledge him in your crisis, this is what you're going to find. The crisis becomes the dictator. The crisis begins to tell you what to do, how you're to live, because you've made crisis your God. And so I want to make a call this morning. The call is back to his presence. And in his presence, he's looking for faith. He's not looking for anything more than your faith. Now, if we believe God is for us, let's quote the scriptures that we all know. If God be for you, hear it again. I said, if God be for you, so in other words, what's the problem if God is for you? The principle is simple. Number one, acknowledge the presence. Two, he's going to look for faith. Now, let me get to this now, and I want you to write these things down now. That was 2,000 years ago. You're not Peter, James, or John. You're you, and you're now. So how is 
The crisis today different to how it was then. How are we going to live in today's moment? First of all, I want you to grab this thought by the Spirit, because I believe this is going to speak a lot to you. Please write this thing down. The end time. How many of you here believe we are in the end time? Say amen, yes or no? Okay. The end time is marked by divine organized chaos. That's why the answers cannot come from a politician. You, I, you're not ready for that kind of word, so let me be very careful. The answer cannot come from a politician. You say, why are things happening the way they are happening? Very simple, Jesus said so. So we understand how to view a sign. Hear it again. The end time, which is our time. Say it after me, the end time is our time. The end time is marked by divine organized chaos. How do we live in a time that man has never seen? Now I'm asking you these questions. How do we live in a time that a man has never seen? Process this. The world as we know it is changing continually. Things are happening right now that man has not prepared for. Science right now does not have the answer. Let me give you an example. Didn't Jesus say the sick seek a physician? Answer my question. Did Jesus not say that? The sick seek a physician? But we're in a time where the physician doesn't have the cure. I don't, did you pass away? Are you hearing me? Now, because the physician doesn't have the cure, that's why we say to people, there's a miracle before there's a cure. And that's why the church right now has to get back into the supernatural and stop apologizing for what we believe. I'm sorry. I believe in casting out devils. I believe in healing the sick. I believe if I touch any deadly thing, it shall not harm me. That's what I believe. Now, if you're in the natural, you are struggling to believe that. But if you're a believer, that's what you've got to believe. The end time is marked by organized chaos. Now the question is, who, who's organized it? <laughs> who's organized it? God. And God doesn't organize crisis without having miracles for his people. This is the time where your faith is going to experience miracles, 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 because that's the only way you're going to be able to live in the now. The survival of the church, hear me clearly, the survival of the church is going to be tied to how supernatural the church is going to be prepared to become. This is not the time where you'll be able to do things from a natural perspective. Say it after me now. Say it, say it again, please. Organized chaos. Now, hear it again now. Say it again. Organized chaos. Now, keep in mind what we read. The Scripture says that God is not the author of come. 
So the key is, why are these things happening? Very simple. The reason why these things are happening is because Jesus is coming. And he said that these things would happen before he would return. Now, whether or not man believes it or not doesn't change the fact that he's coming. I said he's coming. And these signs indicate it. Now, you know what's interesting? I better not say it all. But what if I said to you, that this is one of many. See, I better shut my mouth. No, 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 I don't mean it to be funny or cocky. I, that's not in me at all. I want you to hear me in the spirit of how I'm saying, because this is, these are serious times. And that's why you've got to make sure you have blood on your doorpost. You've got to make sure that there's blood on your doorpost. You've got to make sure that you remain spirit-filled. A spirit-less person can't stand in this. Make sure you are spirit-filled. God is not the author of confusion, yet we have organized chaos. Now, this is what God does. And I want you to write these, write these scripture verses that I'm, I'm reading several. And I, and I want to make sure before I leave today, I've read, I've read all the scriptures. Go with me quickly, please. Psalms 34. Psalms 34. This is what the psalm says. Psalms 34, 17 to 19. Hear this now. And I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I'm sorry. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their distress and trouble. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit, uncontrite in heart, truly sorry for their sins. Many hardships and perplexities and circumstances confronting the righteous. But the Lord rescues him from that all. So the first thing right now that we have to check is our stand. It doesn't say he delivers anybody. It doesn't say he hears any. Now you're going to hear this. There's times where regarding, regarding your salvation, the Bible says that anyone can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That's your salvation. But now your walk. The sinner is unrighteous. Now he says in the word. Are you hearing me this morning? He says... When the righteous cry, how many of you here are the righteous of the Lord? How many of you here watching me online know that you are the righteousness of God? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What the Bible says, well, when you call, he'll hear. The emphasis in the mind of God is not the crisis. The emphasis is your state. Now, you have to check your state. I'm giving you answers this morning, not just something to make you feel good. I'm giving you answers. Whatever you are, if you are not progressing in, you're stagnant in. Good or evil. Let me give an example. In the book of Revelation, it says something profound. It says, he that is filthy... will be filthy still. Then it says, he that is righteous will be righteous still. In other words, there is a progression in the righteousness of God. As there is a progression in faith, there's a progression in righteousness. See, when the Bible says it's from faith to faith, your last reference to faith is from faith. So in other words, my faith 
is to be greater from where I'm coming from because go, going to, because where I came from was once a place I came to. And God brought me to that place. Now he's taking me to another place that's greater and more powerful. So between here and there, something in my life, something in my mind has to change because it's bigger than where I've been and it's different. The new is not familiar to the old. So now, God's taking you to a new place in your faith, a new place in your thinking. Say, to, say those words with me, a new place. Say it again, a new place. Praise God, we've got people on, we've got 50, 56 countries I see online. Let's praise the Lord for them online. Thank you, please stay engaged, please stay in tune. So when the righteous calls, the Bible says the Lord's here. The Lord hears. Now write this down quickly, please. All crisis reveals who you trust. Not everything is to be trusted. If you trust money, the chances are you're going to lose it. You are never told to trust things. No scripture in the Bible teaches you to trust a thing. You say, why? Because things change. Your faith is to be in that which is eternal. That's God Almighty. So in this crisis right now, who do you trust? Now, trust, when I, trust me when I tell you this. Trust is, hear me clearly, I want you to look at me right now, and I want you to really be real to yourself. Be real to yourself. Your, I'm, I'm talking to you. Your, the depth of your pain and your hurt in life comes from someone you trusted. Trust is a very powerful thing. Even love, I'm going to surprise you, even in a marriage, sometimes love is not enough if trust is broken. Trust is powerful. And in this crisis right now, God is looking for a remnant. And now we understand why Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Because in the crisis right now, the question is, who do you trust? Let me teach you something. <laughs> I've got to be careful how I say this. You can't trust. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I want you to hear me real good. You can't trust somebody who changes their mind. You didn't hear it good. You cannot trust somebody that changes their mind. The Word tells us a double-minded man is one thing, unstable. I don't care how we say it. If you are singular in your heart, you're not double-minded. You don't change your mind. You stand by your word. There's nothing that God has said that today he doesn't stand behind. So all crisis reveals who you trust and what you trust. Now, if you're going to have faith, you're going to have to know God to trust God. All crisis reveals your level of maturity. All crisis 
serves as a reality check. <laughs> you understand when I say a reality check? Do you notice that anybody can say anything till they've gone through something? A man that hasn't gone through anything can say anything. Because a person that hasn't gone through anything has never been processed. So they don't know what they're saying. They can say it hypothetically, but they don't know it. Crisis reveals your level of maturity. Do you first respond to crisis or do you first respond to the presence? Like the disciples, they were in his presence and yet Jesus had to still ask, where is your faith? Mm. Turn to the person next to you and say, my faith is in the Lord. Mm -hmm. They serve as reality checks. They check the points of your life. It's the measuring stick for your maturity. Crisis. Now, let me say this to you right now. I can hardly believe I've known this church for 12 years. I've known Apostle Maldonado, who is, we don't talk this to be funny or polite. For real, he is genuinely my best friend. For real. For real. When I met him, I had hair. I don't know what he's doing, but whatever you're doing, I need to do it. I, I met him 12 years ago. And, and let, let, let me say this to you. I'm going to teach you something that I want you to hear. Everything that you've heard from his lips about faith, the supernatural, this is the day of it. And all people who scoffed at the message can't scoff now because people are dying dropping like flies because of the rejection of the supernatural. And God has raised this man up and he has been faithful to the call in bringing the supernatural to the church. I'm telling you right now, if you don't recognize who God has raised up, if you don't recognize what God has made him to be, you only know to stand because of what he's taught, because of what he believes. This is real. I can't follow anybody who don't know anything. First of all, I'm not going to, period. Bottom line of it is, is that his message has been proven. Amen. I want you to honor the man of God. Give the Lord a clap off it. Apostle Maldonado, we honor you. 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 We honor you and we honor your house. We honor the Maldonado house. You have sacrificed, you have bled, you have fought, you gave your last. And your mantle is, if there's ever a time now, if there's ever a time now that you have to tap and connect to supernatural mantles, it's now. Amen. Say, God bless you. Say this after, you know some Stretch your hands towards them. You at home do this. Stretch your hands towards them. Say after me. Say, Lord, we bless the house of Apostle Maldonado. Say it after me. Sustain. Preserve. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me tell you something. 
What you just said over his life is what's coming in your life. Amen. Now, let me say this, because I, I, I got to just say this to you real quickly. All crisis, all crisis, say to me, all crisis taps into your emotion. Let me prove it to you. Why do you think one moment you say, oh, today I'm good, the next day you don't know? See, we've got to be, one of the things you've got to remember is from the perspective of faith, you make the decision and you stand by it. Decisions cut off alternatives. And there's no alternatives to the Word of God. That's what you stand on. Hear this right now. What God exposes about you in crisis, what, here's now, what God exposes about you in crisis, that's what he's working on in your life. That was an exciting amen. Do you get that? Hear what I'm saying? I want, you, I want you to hear me. You are on the other end of the camera. Hear me right now. Whatever you're going through, God's working on something inside of you. What's around you corresponds to what's in you. God is revealing something. Now, why does God work on something? God works on something in you to bring you to the next place of life. In other words, God is saying, if I, it, you see, you didn't even know that was there till I exposed it. Now it's out, we can deal with it. Now when we deal with it, you can go to the next place. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Remember I said to you, the origin of a thing is the power of it. So we have to understand why these things are happening, and we know why, because God has organized it. It's part of the end times. The purpose of it is, is to reveal to you who you are. It's going to reveal if you're the righteous or the unrighteous. It's going to reveal if you're the remnant or you're just a casual churchgoer. The casual churchgoers, and, and let me say, I just feel right now at this point, I guess now's the time to say it. People, hear me clearly. I'm not a psychologist by any means. But this much I do know. It takes 21 days to establish a habit, 21 days. Listen to me clearly. One of the biggest deception of technology, one of the biggest deceptions of, of technology is that it draws people into virtual reality. Now, what do I mean by that? Let me qualify the statement. Is it right that the house of God be left desolate? You're not going to a bar or a restaurant. You're in the presence. You're in the house of God where the presence of God resides. This is what, I'm going to say what I believe. I've seen this in my life. I've seen this. I have a reference for this. I've seen this. I've had meetings. I've had crusades where when people walk in to the auditorium, people started getting up out of wheelchairs. I wasn't even in the auditorium. That was not the man. That was the presence. And I believe the day has come where the church has to practice that, the, the church has to practice the presence of God in a way where we understand the minute you even came on church property, your cancer died, your tumors died, the virus died, because there's a portal over this place. So. Why do I say that? Technology is a means. It's a means to reach people. But we've become comfortable in what the Bible calls 
I will seal houses while the house of God is empty. Remember, you're not the unbeliever. You're the believer. Remember, you're not the unrighteous. You're the righteous. You are not them. They are not you. You have on the whole armor. You are in the presence of God. And I want you to practice that. El Rey, I want you to practice this. The minute you come on this property, expect something to change. What followed you here can't come in here. Every church must come to that place where we understand the presence of God is greater than a virus, it's greater than a disease, it's greater than an infirmity. Do not stay at home when you can come to the house of God and build the presence. So here, so here again now, what God exposes about you in crisis, that's what, he, that's what he's working on in your life. The Bible instructs us to live in, write these things down. The Bible instructs us to live in knowledge. Number two, to live in a state of alertness. If you're alert, you can't be surprised. Are you hearing me? Now, say it with me, to live in knowledge. Come on, I want to hear you. Say it with me, to live in knowledge. Okay, hear me clearly right now. 1 Peter 1, 3, 15. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, but in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging Him, giving Him first place in your life as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense, or your version says an answer, to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confidence and assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Hear me. In other words, your version says, put it now in the English version, please. But in your hearts, set, could you put it up there in the um, King James Version for me, please? Thank you. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man who asks you who ask you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness, with meekness and fear. Sorry, with meekness and fear. Now hear me clear right now. Remember what I said to you. Man doesn't have the answer. I don't know if you heard me. We're to live, God instructs us to live in what? Knowledge. In other words, we know why these things are happening. The world does not. Come on, talk to me. Now, either we believe the word is true or it's not true. We know why these things are happening. One, because Jesus said it. And there's not one thing he ever said that ever fell to the ground. And if the church understands science doesn't have the answer. Now, a, a teacher, John, is background, yours, you do science, don't you? Okay, I have this expression that I say, and I say it by the Spirit because I feel it by the Spirit, and I'm going to say it's going to sound weird when I say this to you. I've never believed in any such thing as what we call now science. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know why I'm saying that? Because everything in science is based on patterns. What hasn't happened before, you don't have a patent for. Why are we looking, now here is now, why are we looking for a vaccine? Now, how's it going? Why are we looking for a vaccine? If you notice, we got the, oh, by my side, we had the problem before we got the answer. You, did you pass away? You hear me? We're still waiting for a vaccine. I'm, you hear what I'm saying? Giving you an example. Because we're still looking at man from a natural perspective. Man is not God. Because in the final analysis in the mind of God, the conclusion of man's knowledge is that there's no God. But I got news to tell you. There's an anointing on your life. I said there's an anointing on your life. I said, there's an anointing on your life that is advanced technology. 
when you put your hands on somebody, it can do what doctors cannot do. How do you explain what hasn't happened before? You can, because you have no reference. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to wait for the vaccine. Can I upset you with something? The supernatural is ahead of the natural. There is. That's why the Bible uses the word cure or heal. Cure means it happened from natural means. Heal, we're talking supernatural. So if you're waiting for a cure, you're going to be waiting a long time. But to heal, you can be healed now. Uh, isn't it funny how under, okay, I can't finish this. Under any circumstance, God's power works. Say to me, the person you, it works. Let me prove to you how it works. The Bible says he sent his word. You don't have to lay hands. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. If you're frightened of catching something, don't worry about it. He sent his word. Where's his word? In your mouth. Your word is as powerful as your hand. Open your mouth and what? Speak. Using the, using the language of science. Do you know that when someone speaks, when someone, spe when someone speaks, do you know that someone's DNA is also in their sound? That's why creation is God's. You say, why? Because creation was spoken. This morning, guess what? God's Word is in your heart. And this is the hour where you must practice that faith. You must speak the Word because the Word can travel. The Bible says the Word runs. Oh, hallelujah. God's not limited to touch. He transcends touch. He sent his word and healed them, and healed them, and healed them, and delivered them. He sent. Right now, you that's watching me online right now, are you aware right now that God still made it possible for you to receive right where you are by way of the word? Hear me. Let me speak this right now. God's power is preserved. Is, sorry, God's power preserves. God's power sustains. God's power creates. God's power multiplies. Oh my goodness gracious me. Anything you need, when we say God's power, all of those characteristics of God are in motion. I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to lift your hands right now. The lifting of the hands is the acknowledging of his presence. Right where you are, come out of your circumstance, come into his presence. And what you bring before him is worship. And I'm going to pray for you after we've worshiped. Wherever you are, no matter what you're going through right now, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was in the boat. 2,000 years later, he's in your house. And he stands over you today to heal, to deliver, to set you free. This is that moment. I want you to lift your hands in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. People, lift your worship to him this morning. Lift your worship this morning. Lord, we worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. You are a merciful God. You are a loving God. You're a wonderful God. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You care for your people. You have a plan and you have a purpose for your people. There's no crisis without there being a miracle you have ordained. There's no setback where there's not a comeback. 
Oh, Yes, Lord. We find ourselves in your presence. In your presence. In your presence. It is written. There is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. 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 Just keep your hands in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Depression is lifted. Depression is lifted. I see somebody, the Lord just brought it before my spirit. I see somebody with a towel about to throw it in, about to give up and quit. No, you don't have to quit. The breakthrough is in the holding on. God is transitioning you into something greater than what you've had. He's doing something new. He's doing something fresh in your life. Let him minister to you right now. Let him minister to you right now. Right now, God is speaking to your heart. He's speak, I just heard it in the Holy Ghost. He's given you the answer. He's given you the answer because the word is in you. Then let the word speak to you. Hallelujah. He's your healer. Tap into that. He's your provider. Tap into that. He's the lover of your soul. Tap into that. He is the God of peace. He is your peace. Tap into that. He is your mercy. Tap into that. He is your righteousness. Tap into that. He is your way maker. Tap into that. He's the God of your turnaround. Tap into it. He stands over you right now. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. His presence is here. His presence is here. His presence is here. I want to pray for the sick this morning. I want to pray for the sick. And I want to say this to you right now. Just as how oil and water really can't mix, the oil stands out, and the presence of God, sickness and disease stands out like a sore thumb. It cannot digest the presence of God. It dies in the presence of God. It has no life in the presence of God. Like how you can't you can't breathe without air. Satan, sickness and disease can't breathe in his presence. And so right now, I release the presence, the presence, the presence of the living God right where you are right now. And by permission of your faith, I speak to your infirmity. Father, in the name, you who are sick right now, quickly put your hands on your sickness. Or if you know somebody that's sick, put your hands on your body part where you know they're sick. Stand for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I come out in the spirit dimension and I take absolute, absolute authority over every spirit of infirmity that has attached themselves to God's people. In the name of Jesus, stop functioning in their bodies now, now, now. And in Jesus' name, come 
out. Oh, there they go. Come out. Come out. In the name of Jesus, the presence of God now floods every part of your body with the presence of God. The presence of God now floods your body. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. And in his presence right now, embrace your healing. Embrace your deliverance. Embrace peace. Depression, go. Suicide, stop. 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 Desist in Jesus' name. Come out of that mind right now. I said every person free who is under the sound of my voice in the presence of Almighty God you are set free in Jesus name now Lord we lift our hands before you and we acknowledge the cross we acknowledge the finished work of Jesus Christ in our bodies in our spirits, in our minds, in Jesus' name. It is done, my friend. It is done. It is finished. Now, I want you to say this after me. Lift your hands before the Lord. Stand up on your feet a second. Say this after me. I want you at home, say, stand up. If you're at home, stand up where you are at home. I want you to say this after me. Father, I present my body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. And I declare that I am the temple of the living God. Your presence and your power lives inside of me. Your presence is at work in my life in Jesus name now say this after me people oh my god I'm so happy I want you to do me a favor put up on the screen so we're gonna do something a little different I want you to put on the screen the 21st Psalm and I want that to be your declaration today the 21st Psalm and I want no matter where you are I want everybody to read it Psalms 23, please. The whole, Psalms 23, 23. The whole, the whole thing, the whole thing. The whole thing, now we're going to read the whole thing. Okay. Li I want you to lift your hands up because this is what you're taking. Everybody, lift your hands up. Say that to me now. Let's read it together. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to shout and give the Lord praise. Give him praise this morning, hallelujah. Forever in his presence, I will fear no evil. Say it with me. I will fear no evil. Say it again. Look at the person next to you and say it. Give the Lord a clap offering, you may be seated.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone here, everyone that is home, just close your eyes for a moment. Just open your ears to hear what God will say. If you are facing crisis, which most of us are, and you feel that you don't know what else to do, you feel you don't, you don't know where else to go, you don't know who else to reach out to, you feel you have jeopardy, crisis, difficulty, sickness, bad news, bad reports coming to you, or maybe you feel lonely, depressed, tormented in your mind, and you've tried medicine and it stopped working. You, you called friends and they don't know what else to tell you. You've tried sleeping, but it still doesn't work. You've, you've, you've gone outside of your house to breathe fresh air, but it's still not working. It's because you're missing the person that does work. His name is Jesus. And God, the Bible says that Jesus came to the earth because he saw the condition that mankind would have the condition of being separated from God because of sin sin separates me from God sin separates you from God sin separates man from God it's so bad that you can't take a medication and take it away it's it's so it's so real and bad that you can't go to a doctor or to a lawyer psychologist psychiatrist and in a week and oh it'll just disappear there's only one person that has the power Power to remove sin from a man and from a woman, from a family, from a young person, from an elderly person. There's only one person who shed his blood, gave his life at the cross, so that through that sacrifice, on whatever day, a day, the day for me was September 11, 2001, after those attacks. That was my day where I reached out to God. I reached out to Jesus, and his sacrifice became real, took away my sin, cleansed me and gave me a new life if you're a man woman young person and you need a new beginning you need a new life if you're not sure you will go to heaven the day you die but you don't want to leave the house of God not knowing where you will go the day you die people are dying daily they're dying in their homes they're dying in the hospitals they're dying in all different kinds of ways death is real and when we die judgment comes and God will either say welcome to heaven or he will say depart from me I never knew you if if you want to know that God will tell you come and enter into heaven with me all you must do is repent of your sin you must open your heart to Jesus and not run away from him anymore you must take responsibility of your life and your actions and your separation from God and he will do this he will not reject you he will accept you and receive you wherever you are here in the church and if you're home watching from wherever nation and you say I'm one of those pastor I want to be one of those people that receive receives Jesus, opens my heart and repent of my sin. I want to go to heaven. Wherever you are, here, sitting, and wherever you're watching from home, if that's you, those that are here in the church, and if you're at home also, I want you to do something. Raise your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. So I could pray for you. Raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. If you're sitting all the way in the back, raise your hand right now. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. One. while you are alive you must respond to this opportunity and moment to open your heart to Jesus I bless every person that is making this decision right now at home I want all those people that are here physically with us that you raise your hand along with the people that are at home if you're sitting down stand to your feet quickly as the church gives a big hand clap and celebrates this special moment with you stand 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 if you're here in the church physically, I want you to stand, stand. Do one more thing. Come out of your chair. Come here to the front. Here in the altar is where God meets man. Come out of your chair for a moment. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. We are not ashamed to receive Jesus. In fact, I want the whole church to stand. And I want the church to give a hand clap to these people that are making the best decision that we all made one day. Where we open our heart to Jesus. He came into our life and he forgave us. He cleansed us. He washed us. The ushers will guide you. You will stand on one of, on one of these marks that we have here. Let's guide them and let's have them stand in the marks that we have. Thank you, Jesus. Do not stay in your chair. Come out and come to the front and receive Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. If you used to be a Christian and you backed away, you walked away from God, and this morning you know you must reconcile, 
I want to give you an opportunity. Come out of your chair now. Come out. Come, 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 come. And if you're watching at home, you used to be a Christian. You backed away from God. You left the ways of God. This morning, return to your Heavenly Father. Return to Jesus. He is here waiting for you. If you're here this morning and you must reconcile, come out of your chair now. Reconciliation is here. Jesus is here to reconcile you with him. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you he's not going to forgive you. He is a liar because Jesus will forgive you right now, today. Come out of your chair and make the decision at home. All these people that are here in the front, along with all those that are here making your decision at home. If you were sitting and you were in your house, I want you to stand here along with all these people. I want all of you that are here watching me and those of you watching online, close your eyes, lift your hands to God. And the church along with them, say this prayer in a loud voice. Say, Heavenly Father, this morning, I recognize I have sinned. And I repent of all my sin. I receive and I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come into my heart. The day I die, when I open my eyes, I will be in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, each one of you. Thank you for tuning in. If you were blessed by this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. If you need prayer, we have a team ready to pray for you. Just call the number 305-382-3171. 305-382-3171. If you would like more content that empowers your faith, visit King Jesus TV. Again, King Jesus TV. I love you. God bless you.